News, politics, and special guests with a Texas twist. That's the goal of the Luke Macias Show. Our nation and state are at a crossroads, and if you're not informed, you're not equipped to make the change our community needs. Join the conversation and join the cause for liberty today. Welcome to the Luke Messiah Show. We are kicking off this week with a ton of action going on in Austin. If you were in the Capitol today, you would see a ton of people there because there is a hearing going on for HB2, which is the property tax appraisal cap in the Texas House. There are hearings that have been set throughout the week for gender modification bans in the state Senate. Um, there is movement across the board. Today is uh, another bill to end rank choice voting that's being heard in the Texas Senate. They're hearing other pieces of legislation. So a lot of stuff is moving and getting talked about. On Friday, we had the deadline for filing bills in the Texas House. So there have been more bills filed this legislative session than ever before in Texas history. Now, I think there's a lot of factors that play to that. Honestly, one of them is probably just the fact that social media and people's access to information has given us more and more interest in what's going on. And it's also given politicians more and more incentive to file more legislation to get looked at. And uh, that is coupled with the reality that There are a ton of issues we have to address, and I've talked about that on the show. One of the reasons why there has been so much pressure to say, hey, Texas House, you need to get working faster, is because there is a very good chance that we could pass 15 or 20 good conservative pieces of legislation and yet still have gaping holes left open when it comes to opportunities that the left would have to insert its own ideology into our state and undermine our society as a whole. So a ton of bills were filed. Some of the late bills that came in, one was the Texas Senate's uh, plan for school choice. This plan still has an uphill battle in the Texas House of Representatives, no matter what happens. Okay, so here's the thing to understand about school choice as a whole. I'm going to break this down when we get to Senate Bill 8 by Senator Brandon Creighton. Let's say Uh, First and foremost, we've talked about this, but teacher unions in Texas have a massive amount of power. They have essentially controlled the Texas House of Representatives ever since I've been involved in politics. I mean, literally the first legislative session I showed up, I was an intern for my dad in 2007. I was 17 years old. And even in that legislative session, there were not the votes in the Texas House of Representatives to pass a school choice program. Why? Because teacher unions had most of the Democrats on board and a big enough chunk of Republicans where they could maintain their monopolistic status in the public education system. Heck, they were even anti-charter school at the time. And so there's been these chips away at that foundation that the teacher union has of its monopoly control over our children and indoctrination of them, K through 12, except for those of us who've decided to completely retreat into private schools and homeschoolers. Everybody else and the people that all of our kids are going to grow up with are going through that public school system. So in the past, people have said, hey, let's just get a foothold of reform. And so the smallest foothold would be something that ends up being a policy that says, hey, if you are a special needs child and you live within these five large counties, you can have an education savings account where you have some type of program where you can go to other schools. Okay, that would be like the smallest foothold. And then the largest foothold would be what Arizona has passed, what Arkansas is about to pass, which is universal school choice across. Every single Texan 
qualifies, can come, can apply in the same amount of money that would go to the public school, you can have it set up to where the money follows the child. Okay, that's universal school choice. Or let's say just, you know, a couple thousand kids qualify. Senate Bill 8 that has been filed by Senator Brandon Creighton is in the middle of those two options. Okay, so it covers tens of thousands of students. Tens of thousands of students are covered. It is statewide. It is limited due to the amount of money that is appropriated for it and also who qualifies. So the money is, I think, $500 million. Basically, as soon as you hit $500 million, you can't continue to issue education savings accounts. Okay. And then the other one is that it applies to either a kindergarten, I think kindergarten or either first grade or kindergarten or both or just one kindergarten. But basically, if your child, my son is three, right? So if this passed and he's going into kindergarten, he qualifies for an ESA. Okay. Or if your child is currently going to a public school and if they're currently going to a public school and you're taking them from that public school and taking them to a private school, another school, then that ESA goes with them as well. So those are the two people that qualify. Now, that would cover approximately, God, I'm trying to think of the percentage because we've argued, I think homeschooling, you know, used to be three or 4% nationwide. It's up to 10% nationwide. And in Texas, it's always been higher than the national average. So we're probably at 12 or 13%. If you bring in private school students, you're at least up to 20%, 25. So let's say 75 to maybe 80% of students that are being educated currently qualify because they're at a public school and they can use this ESA. So that is what Senate Bill 8 is. It is both limited in who all it covers, but it covers a big chunk of people. The majority of students do qualify for this program. And then it's limited, of course, to how much money. I mean, it, and that is something that we will debate and argue about both this session and in future sessions. Okay, because here, here's the truth. If we come back to your, if this bill were to pass and we come back two years from now and there are people on the waiting list, then those people are trapped in a failing school, a school that is not doing them, not delivering to them the quality education that their parents expect. And the parents care way more for the child than the public school system. So if Senate Bill 8, even as written, were to pass into law, that would be a blow to the leftist teacher unions, and that would be a win for Texas parents. Can it be made better? Yes. Is it a good bill? Yes. That was filed at the very end. House Bill 20 was filed by Representative Matt Schaefer. A slew of immigration bills was filed in the Texas House of Representatives. And what I will tell you, I'm just going to give you kind of my top line thoughts. And I think there will be more information coming out over the next week or two as this issue progresses. Um, so first and foremost, immigration seems to be where the Texas House has an opportunity to actually go to the right of the Senate. OK, and this is not this is not a diss at the Senate. A constitutional carry basically became that issue last session where the Senate was way to the right of the House on all these issues. And then Dade Phelan got upset at Dan Patrick for making him look so bad. And he said, I'm going to pass constitutional carry and make the Senate look bad, which the Senate rightfully responded by saying that doesn't make us look bad. We're going to pass constitutional carry. And now we both look good and we pass this awesome conservative policy that grassroots have been asking for for decades. But. That issue has not presented itself yet for the Texas House. See, the Texas House 
knows that the Senate is in the driver's seat on most of these policy issues because they actually have a vision and a goal. And you can see it right now in what they're putting on the agenda, the hearings they're having and the votes they're moving forward with. Immigration is an issue where the Texas House seems to have an opportunity to move to the right of the Senate. And then what the Senate's response to that will be, we'll just have to see. I mentioned this late last week. It's really disappointing that not a single state senator filed a bill to ban in-state tuition in Texas. Massive failure on behalf of the Senate. And again, I'm telling you, we have a bunch of great senators that are filing really conservative legislation. They are moving forward very quickly on a lot of Republican priorities. It's great. This is an unforced error. I tweeted about it. I said, not one single state senator has filed a bill to end in-state tuition. Terry Leo Wilson from Galveston filed one. She's a state representative. Brian Slayton filed legislation to end in-state tuition in the Texas House. I'm going to just give y'all a few seconds. I want you to I want you to listen to this clip from Dan Patrick's one of his first TV ads when he ran for lieutenant governor back in 2014. I voted for him in 2014. He was a, he was the most conservative senator at the time in the Texas Senate. He was somebody who we needed and if we hadn't won that election as conservatives, we would not have many of the victories we have today. And when he ran, this was literally one of his TV ads. So let's go to this clip real quick. Dan Patrick is the only candidate for lieutenant governor to oppose in-state tuition for illegal immigrants. So understand, Dan Patrick said at one of his bona fides, he literally came and said, you want to know how you know I'm a conservative? I'm the only state senator to actually oppose in-state tuition. Guys. Not a single state senator even filed the bill. We have a better public education, higher education committee than we've ever had, and this bill wasn't filed. This combined with all of the immigration bills that were filed on the Texas House side is why I'm telling you that the Texas House has a window of opportunity here where it can try to get to the right of the Senate on the issue of immigration, period. Representative Schaefer's bill uh, combine several different complex immigration policies. And like I said, we're going to break it down more in a later episode. But right now, I will just tell you that there is a lot of good stuff in Representative Schaefer's HB 20 policy that many conservatives have asked to see implemented for a while. I am taking time to make sure I actually read through the bill and understand the complexities of it before, let's say, articulating really clear opinions on it. But I will say that there is some very good policy in HB 20, and that is policy that has not been prioritized on the other side of the Capitol. Now, this Thursday, the Texas Senate is going to hold a hearing on legislation that will ban certain gender modification procedures from happening in Texas. Huge We've talked about this in the past. It has to be a priority. The Republican Party has made a priority. The Senate has made it a priority. The Texas House has always tried to kill this bill. I will tell you, the Texas House is probably not going to kill the gender modification ban again this session. And the reason they're not going to is because grassroots Republicans lit a fire under them for the last year and a half and criticized every single one of them rightfully for letting this happen. We went from having a couple bills filed on the issue to dozens of bills. 
This is an issue that is being made more prominent every single day by Republicans in this state, and rightfully so. The Senate is moving on it. They're having a hearing on Thursday. They've got the Save Women Sports Bill they're having hearings on. They are moving on these issues. And we should be grateful that they are. There will be hearings almost every single day. And I'm telling you, for the next 30 days, you're going to see hearing after hearing after hearing. If you're following any of these conservative groups on social media, you're following me, you're staying in tune with what we've got going. I mean, there's so much policy discussion that's going to happen on a daily basis over the next 30 days. And we're going to try to bring you all of that information, as much information as possible. You wouldn't take your kids to a strip club, so why would you allow them to change their gender or chop their breasts off? Listen now to season four of Exposed, The War on Texas Kids, available wherever you listen to podcasts. Guys, we criticized the Texas House of Representatives at the end of last week, and I got a couple emails back from y'all about this LGBTQIA advocacy group that it celebrated and recognized last week. And there has been some information that has come out and accusations made of Texas Scorecard as a result of the reporting that Texas Scorecard did and reporting that we talked about on this show. And I'm going to break this down for you to make sure you understand what's going on and also to give you a little perspective on why some state representatives are probably upset at the reporting. Um, but I think that the truth matters. And so we're going to try to help dissect and decipher that. Brian Slayton killed this celebratory LGBTQIA advocacy group resolution a number of weeks ago by saying that he was going to ask for a record vote on it when a motion was going to be made to suspend the rules to pass this resolution. They killed it. Unfortunately, Speaker Phelan has made the chairman of the resolutions committee a Democrat. And that Democrat saw fit to say, hey, I'm still going to pass this resolution, but I'm going to stick it in this list of 150 different bills. And that's what he did. He stuck this big old group. And so what they'll do is they'll vote on a couple resolutions one by one. We're passing a resolution to, you know, recognize this fallen hero. He's in the Capitol. This person's in the gallery. So they'll have a couple resolutions they pass as a whole. And then they'll say, now we're just voting on all these resolutions. And they read them all out and then they vote on the package. Okay. And what they do is they say, hey, members, if you don't like a resolution, then you can go register a no vote on that resolution. Here's the problem, okay? If you had a vote on passing a resolution up or down, this LGBTQIA resolution, you had a vote, you debated the resolution, you voted on the resolution, you said, hey, I'm not here to celebrate these LGBTQIA advocacy groups. I don't think they're good for our state. My district wouldn't want them celebrated. I'm voting against this. If 76 members of the Texas House of Representatives felt like that represented their view, that resolution would not pass. You could not say that the Texas House is resolved to recognize and celebrate these LGBTQIA advocacy groups or group in this instance. But what they do is they say, hey, now we're going to have a package of all these resolutions you got to vote to pass them all. 
but you can go register yourself as a no vote. The question is, can registered no votes kill a resolution? And every single legislative expert I have asked about this subject has told me no. And even late last week, or I think it was over the weekend when Representative Steve Toth, somebody who has filed a lot of good bills this session, somebody who has pushed a lot of good policy in the past, somebody who I've known for a long time, and somebody who has advocated and voted for a lot of conservative things. He came out and said that Texas Scorecard lied when they said that he voted for the LGBTQIA resolution. And so I have respectfully asked him to clarify because it, this is very important. He voted to pass this, and this is not uh, uh, pointing a finger at Steve Toth. Let me be clear. Every single, it unanimously passed, all these Republicans. And I've talked to a number of lawmakers. In fact, Representative Tinderholt actually put out a statement that said, hey, this shouldn't have happened. We tried to fight it. I was arguing about it. And moving forward, if they stick any of this in a package, I'm voting against the whole package. Okay? So he essentially said, next time around, we just got to vote against the whole package. Okay, but there's a bunch of other representatives and I've gotten emails back. We've heard from people who said, I talked to this representative and they told me this, who are saying, hey, we registered no votes. Therefore, we didn't support the resolution. But here's the problem. That's not how things work. You can't kill a resolution by registered no votes. So. The vote that passes the resolution is a vote for or against the resolution. This is just parliamentary procedure 101. If you vote yes here, this resolution is officially passed. Okay. And if you vote yes, you vote to officially pass it. If I said, hey, there's 50 bills we're passing, one of them grants amnesty to every illegal here. But you can go register your no vote after we pass it. Oh, by the way, that won't kill the bill. It already passed because you voted to pass it. And you came back to me and said, I never voted for amnesty. I registered a no vote. Now, here's where it's important to recognize a couple things. First and foremost, if you were a freshman Republican member, okay, there's no way, in my opinion, other than maybe Richard Hayes, who's from Denton and actually understands parliamentary procedure, probably the most members there, that you would have known that that registered no vote was not an actual no vote against the resolution, okay? There's no way. And unfortunately, many of them were likely lied to by a bunch of their colleagues. Now, this is a good reminder of why many of these freshman Republicans need to remember that the people that are there for the most part have been failing. So when they come up to you and say, hey, it's all good, just register a no vote. Know that this person is not likely super dedicated to preserving what makes Texas, Texas. And they're likely okay with handing Democrats these little wins because the Texas House of Representatives does that all the time. But now we know. By the way, there are a bunch of Republic. there are three Republicans on this committee that voted to pass this resolution. And you know what's so funny about it? Like Kronda Timish from Denton County, she's on the resolutions committee. She voted to put this LGBTQIA resolution on the list. Then 
she votes to pass the entire list. Then she goes and registers a no vote against that one resolution. By the way, if you were against it, why'd you put it on the list when you were in committee? And why does any of this matter is the question. And the reason it matters is because we should never, ever, ever celebrate LGBTQIA advocacy groups. These groups are radical sexual organizations who are dedicated to undermining our society. They have a proven track record of grooming our children and advocating for policies that literally bring harm and destruction to the state of Texas. And if the drag show bill gets killed this session in the Texas House of Representatives, you can know that these types of resolutions that pass indicate that this body really isn't as serious about addressing this issue as their counterparts in the Texas Senate. I do legitimately feel bad for freshman Republicans who were probably all told by their peers, hey, don't worry, just vote against, just vote for the block and go register your no vote. That'll make it happen. That'll take care of them. And here's the truth. It wouldn't. It didn't. There should have been a record vote on that resolution. Democrats knew it and they were worried about having the debate. They stuck it on this group and Democrats are going to keep doing it if they're allowed to continue to pass resolutions this way. And it needs to be stopped. And it was rightfully called out. And anybody that says that Texas scorecard lied when it said this resolution unanimously passed, I don't think is acknowledging the realities of how the parliamentary procedure works in the Texas House of Representatives. And I know this is kind of wonky and it gets caught in these minutiae, but it matters. There was a vote to pass all these resolutions. With it was this controversial leftist resolution and it passed unanimously. It was criticized. Some members have come out and said, hey, this was not good. It shouldn't happen again and we're going to keep fighting it in the future. Others have come out and said it wasn't unanimously passed. I opposed it. And they point to their registered no vote. And I think it would be good if we can just acknowledge the fact that that registered no vote, while better than nothing, actually doesn't accomplish killing the resolution. No matter how many people do it. It's not a vote. Well, that covers last week, a little bit of stuff coming up this week. And there's a lot more stuff coming up. And we will come to you later in the week to give you an update on where we're at across the board. We appreciate all of you who stay engaged, continue to share this with your friends, with people who want to know what the heck is going on in Texas. Our goal is to be able to come to you with this information. You can continue to spread that on. I appreciate you. God bless you and God bless the great state of Texas. Thank you for listening to the Luke Macias Show. To find out more information about what's going on here in Texas, visit texasscorecard.com.